Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran, a ministry of Worship Generation Church in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. open up to 2 Kings chapter 2. Now, we went through these two chapters on Tuesday night, and it's the completion of the ministry for Elijah the prophet. We've studied him quite a bit the last few weeks. 2 Kings is just like second half of 1 Kings. It's literally like a football game. You had halftime, and now you come back out. It's 2 Kings. It just picks up chronologically with the kings of Israel and what's going on with the northern kingdom. And so Elijah has had this super fruitful, amazing ministry, unprecedented. Even so, when Jesus is glorified in the New Testament, transfigured on the mount there, Mount of Transfiguration, Elijah shows up from eternity and Moses shows up from eternity. Moses representing the law of God and Elijah representing all the prophets of God in the Old Testament. So that's how significant Elijah is and that's important to our story. So as we pick it up in chapter 2, Elijah has his uh, this mentor who he's mentoring. It's Elisha, S-H-A instead of J-A-H, Elijah and Elisha. And back in the previous book, 1 Kings, when Elijah called Elisha, there's two things we know, that God told Elijah that Elisha would be his replacement. Okay, so there's a divine purpose in calling on Elisha's life. And that when Elijah did call Elisha, Elijah was plow- Elisha was plowing the field. He stopped. He cut up the plow and made a sacrifice of the bulls that were plowing the field. And he was all in. His, his ability to create wealth, his livelihood, his identity, he was all in. He gave it up and immediately went into his calling. Just like when Jesus called Matthew from the tax collector's booth or Peter and Andrew and John and James from their fishing business. It was absolute. It was immediate. And he was all in. And he's had this amazing life, Elijah, and as he's wrapping up his life, now Elisha has been spending time with him, observing the ministry, what it's like to be with him. And suddenly, after the death of Ahaziah, the evil king, the son of Ahab, who had a very short reign, just a couple years, suddenly, Elijah, Elisha, and the other prophets in Israel understand that Elijah is going to be leaving planet Earth. His time is done. His life's coming to an end. But unlike almost all humanity, he doesn't die. The Lord comes from in glory. The famous story of Elijah's chariot, which we covered in detail on Tuesday night as well, where God opens up eternity like this, and the dimension comes in and takes him up, and up he goes, and boom, like that. Just like when Jesus went up, the same thing, like, mm, 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 like that. That's how it works. And so that happened... And that's not the focal point of our study tonight. The focal point is Elijah asking, saying to Elisha, what do you want? Ask. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. We're focusing on the invitation to ask, what was asked for, and what it really means in the, in the scheme of the kingdom, and what it would mean for our lives tonight here at Worship Generation. So as Elisha, Elijah is preparing to depart, he, he tells Elisha, you know, hey, you can stay here. I'm going there, but you can stay here. No, I'm with you. So Elijah stays with them and all these stops while they're getting ready to go. And so right there about the Jordan River, 
Eternity is about to open up and come for Elijah. Elijah says this to Elisha in verse 9 of chapter 2. And so it was when they had crossed over, that is the Jordan, and it was miraculously how they did it too, that Elijah said to Elisha, ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And so Elijah responded, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. That's pretty much our last conversation, right? And as the text reads on, he did see Elijah taken up. The coat of Elijah fell to him, the mantle. And he says, where is the God of Elijah? Elisha says, he strikes the water, it parts. And so it's confirmation of the power. And even the other prophets who are watching from a distance said, surely the spirit of Elijah is on Elisha. So there's a witness of that power being passed on to Elisha. Now contextually realize, as I was mentioning earlier, but just a little more emphasis here, there had never been, listen, this is very important to this story. There had never been a human being with the ministry and the authority and the power of heaven on earth as Elijah. When you go from Genesis to the time here, you have Samuel, you have David, Moses, you have some amazing things, you have some amazing miracles that happen with Moses, but the actual prophetic ministry of Elijah is just amazing. He called down the fire from heaven against the prophets of Baal. He was fed by the ravens. He, he, just, he just had this amazing ministry where he was just so bold for the Lord. We read about him that he stood before the Lord and that gave him courage to stand before Ahab, a powerful king, and speak the truth whether he wanted to hear it or not. It made him fearless before Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, when Ahaziah was calling for him to come and sending all the troops to come get him. And he was like fearless and eventually he went and he just said to the king Ahaziah on his deathbed, Ahab's son, what he had previously said two times before that. He just showed up and said the same thing, and then Ahaziah stepped into eternity. Elijah was a man ready, a person, a human, ready to step into the presence of the Lord because on a daily basis, he lived for the Lord, thought about the Lord, and his whole life was the Lord. Sort of like where Jesus said to his disciples, abide in me and I in you, for apart from me you can do nothing. And the whole The life of Elijah with the spirit of God upon him, the power that he had, his sense of God's presence, his passion for the calling, his fearlessness against evil. It it reminds us of Jesus. In a lot of ways, he is a type of Jesus. There are a lot of similarities between his ministry and the ministry of Jesus. So Elijah is caught up to the Lord. And these few words exchanged here, really set in motion for us what we want to look at. So he poses this question, and, and, and so it was, verse 9. You can almost imagine like any pastor step into eternity or retiring, the boss looking at the replacement. Like we need to get the context here, right? Like he's out, he's in. She's out, she's in. He says, ask what I may do for you. So this is the real thing here. The greatest prophet of all time in human history to this point, and maybe arguably just in general, the greatest prophet of all time says to his disciple, ask what I may do for you. So the invitation is there. Now, we have other askings in the Bible that are somewhat similar. 
Or, for example, of course, Solomon had the dream where the Lord appeared to him in the dream. What would you like? Remember that? And he asked for wisdom. And because he asked for wisdom, God gave him length of days and all these other things as well. The prayer of Jabez, which we'll get to in Chronicles, he just asked for everything. Like, Lord, just expand my boundaries, expand my vision, expand my influence. And the Lord did. The prayer of Jabez, one of the more profound prayers in the Bible. When Jesus and John, was, his ministry was being revealed through John the Baptist in chapter 1, as the disciples like Andrew and Peter and Nathaniel, those guys, began to follow him, he, he said, what, what do you seek? What do you want? He asked them a question, what, what do you want from him? So there's all kinds of examples of this in the Bible where it's like about asking. And of course, Jesus himself said to seek, knock, and ask to the church, to his disciples. In fact, he said we could do greater things than he did, which I'm still trying to understand in the 61st year of my journey on planet Earth. But Jesus did say we would do greater things than he did, which is something that's always good for the church to think about anytime we gather together. Elisha's response is awesome. Now listen, some people think like, well, I might go for this, but I'm afraid to ask for that, but I would never ask for that. This guy goes, I want a double portion of what you got. So he's looking at the arguably the most spirit-filled man that's ever lived in human history up to this point in time, because God didn't put a spirit on that many people, and he certainly did on Elijah. And he says, I want double what you got. So he's looking at the highest standard ever of a prophet. And like you might say, like, oh, I hope to equal that. It'd be like, you know, Jeff Johnson's retiring from Downing in a couple weeks. And our friend Artie Reyes is uh, replacing him. And Artie's been transitioning into this for the last year or two. And and you say, Artie, what, what do you want as a new lead pastor of Calvary Downey? You know, 50 years, we're celebrating 50 years of Jeff Johnson in just a few weeks there. All that happened here in 50 years. And, you know, Artie, well, for sure, I know Artie, he says, like, you'd want to at least take it forward from what it is. You want, well, I, if I could do as much as Jeff Johnson, what God did in his life for 50 years, that'd be awesome. You might say, ask Brian Broderson the same thing with Calvary Costa Mesa. Or anyone that replaces anyone at any given time. Joshua replacing Moses. What would you like? Do you want to be equal to what preceded you, greatness? Or can you believe God for even a whole other level of greatness? The double. Elisha was quick to say double portion. Which makes me think it's possible he already had an idea what he wanted from the Lord in his life. Because I might ask you, what would you want from the Lord And you might ask me what I would want for the Lord. And I've asked a lot of people, what do you want from the Lord? And a lot of times like, well, I don't know. You know, like, listen, you ask me what I want for the Lord. I'll tell you what I want from the Lord. I'll break it down in 10 categories for you. With my personal walk, with my family, with my finances, with WG, with guest speaking, with the book I'm writing, with motivational speaking, all this. I tell you with dancing and Instagram, I can tell you 10 categories in my life with the goals and the vision that if I get double portion, what exactly I'm looking for from the Lord. I can tell you, I won't right now, how much money I'm asking for the Lord, from the Lord, for me. And what I want to do with it, with the Lord. How much I'm asking for WG, what I want to do with the Lord, the Joy Brand Ministry Foundation, what I want to do. I'm thinking 20 years ahead when I'm in, ter- in eternity and my grandkids, 
40 years ahead are running a ministry foundation just like the Ford descendants run the Ford Foundation. So if you ask me, I'll know my answer, and it'll be a big answer. Now, whether or not God does that is, is up to him. But, you know, a lot of people walked on planet Earth before Elisha showed up. But when a guy's all in like Elisha, and you're hanging with Elijah and watching all the miracles, and, I mean, it, it, takes, it, takes, some, it takes some mojo. I, I could use a sports analogy. I could use a business analogy. But I'll just say, this is his own analogy. This was the greatest prophet, and, his, and the guy underneath him, like the backup quarterback, says, oh, I don't just want the Hall of Fame. I want to be double what you are in the Hall of Fame. The double portion request here is amazing, and it just jumps out at us. So he's uh, like, what do, you, what do you want? So I would, just something for all of us to think right now, as if the Lord asked you, what would you ask for? That's worth getting up early tomorrow morning and writing your journal what you'd ask for in your personal walk with the Lord, in your relationships, with your finances. I even pray over how to treat my pets to take good care of my dogs because they cost money. You got to get them groomed. You got to do their glands. I mean, you, you got to go, you got to get either their vaccines and all kinds of Like dogs cost money to do it right. And the Proverbs tells me that a man who takes care of his animals is a good man. And I, I value my animals. It's all a responsibility, the stewardship and I have the categories, and I look at them, and I pray over them. I read, my, I read my Bible first, I pray first, and then I remind myself what it is I'm asking from the Lord in every aspect of my life, beginning with the man I see in the mirror, and ending with the legacy of my faith when I'm gone. And I think that's a good, a good thing for you too. Elisha was ready for the question. But he asked a hard thing. I've been thinking, you know, I've told you before, I asked Pastor Chuck for money three times. And all three times he said no. What's really funny is twice he gave money to my daughter Hannah without solicitation. I haven't figured what all that means yet, but I'm just saying that's part of the equation. But if I forget to come back to this on asking for hard things, hard things require hard things. And I look back and asking for more money from Pastor Chuck, and I thought about this this week. I never offered more things for what I was asking. Well, you know, I never thought of that till this week. I asked Chuck for more money, but I never told him what I'd do to earn that money. So you young people, listen to me. Because Chuck was very wise, very wise. And Joy Benz would say, hey, you don't pay me enough to live in Orange County. I got four kids. It's expensive. He's like, oh. You know, and... Uh, it was a great conversation. We hugged and everything. He called other churches and offered me as their pastor. It was awesome. But um, I never offered to do more for more money. I suppose that's the difference between being 45 and 61. Because I suddenly realized I should have offered more and asking more. When you go big, you got to prepare to invest big. So if I forget to tell you that, I just told you that right now especially for the young people. He asked big. It tells us he had a big vision. He had a big God with small problems. When he's going to be surrounded by the Syrian army and his friends like, oh, we're surrounded. What are we going to do? He's like, there's way more of us than them. Just take it easy. God's on the throne. He just, big God, little problems. That's how Elisha was. He, he, 
He woke up believing great things, he expected great things, and he saw great things. If the Lord ever asked you or someone asked you, what would you seek from the Lord? I hope you'd ask for the daily double, the eternal double. I would hope you could look at that person that you esteem the most, male or female, put them all together, the Amy Carmichaels, the Sarah Yardleys, and all the people you could think of that are amazing women and men, and say, I'll take double of all that. Because God will bless that that woman or that man that thinks like that. The world is filled with small-minded people who limit our almighty God. God Almighty, El Shaddai. Don't come to this church and go home and limit El Shaddai in your life. Be big in your kingdom vision. Walk on water with Peter. Don't be afraid to sink, but walk on water. Now, he asked for, he said, the very first thing he says, a double portion, after a double portion of your spirit. So it tells us in thinking big and asking big, he has an example of someone he looks up to and respects, your spirit. So the spirit upon Elijah was obviously the Holy Spirit, like the spirit of God. So he's, what he's really saying in essence is, I want a double portion of God's spirit that you have on me. So in answering the question, what do you seek? What would you have? What are you asking for? He's asking for that which is spiritual. He's asking for the spiritual. And in our asking, we should always be motivated by the spiritual. Because if you haven't figured it out, we all certainly will. This is all temporal. It's spiritual working in and through the temporal in our lives right now on planet Earth. It's this balance of like, God's just doing so much that we don't even, well, he'll show us if we ask for it and we look for it. But he's doing so much more than what we see in the time, space, and matter. We have to get to the spiritual realm and see the big picture. And when we spend time in prayer asking and moving the kingdom of God, it it, it all becomes spiritual. All the things that seem like carnal and political become spiritual. And you can begin to move things spiritually through effective prayer life, through believing, through trusting, and being available and going for things. The response when the Lord asks us, what, what do we want? The double portion of the Spirit of God in our life. For it is, of course, Zechariah said, not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. And Zerubbabel, who he is speaking to at the time, the political leader of Israel around 535 B.C., rebuilding the temple after they came back from the Babylonian captivity, the people were discouraged. The work had stopped. Everything had stalled. There was political, literally political, legal opposition to the work of God, finishing the second temple being built. They tried to intimidate and bully everybody. They made them afraid to sign the document saying that they were a part of the rebuilding of the temple. Who, hey, who's, who's doing this? We want to know your name. You tell us every single person that's rebuilding the temple right now. Well, by the time Zerubbabel had the Spirit of God upon him and the vision, the word of the Lord through Zechariah, he didn't care what anyone thought. Those guys, Ezra, they were like, this is who we are, this is where we live, this is what we're doing. We serve the living God. We stand before the Lord. We're not afraid to stand before you. They were emboldened. But in that word of the Holy Spirit, that it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord, God said, who are you, O mountain, to stand before Zerubbabel? I will beat you into fine dust and level you like a plain. And Zerubbabel will complete that which I've created him and purposed him to do with shouts of grace, grace, when the capstone is laid for the temple. So you see, the big thing, the double portion 
the work that God wants to do. It is a spiritual work. It's begun in the spirit, or as it says, having begun in the spirit, shall be perfected in the flesh. Galatians. It's begun in the spirit. It's maintained in the spirit. Faith is a working element, and it's completed in the spirit. And that's our life. That's what it's meant to be. God doing that work in our life that we're created uniquely for. Only you can keep it from coming to pass, and only you can bring it to pass. If I've learned anything in 35 years of ministry, is you can't make someone do what they don't want to do in Jesus' name. And a lot of ministries trying to stir people up to do it. You, early on, you think you can carry them in doing it. After a while, you're like, I can't carry you to do what you're called to do. I got my hands full of doing what I'm called to do. Only you can truly keep you from fulfilling the one destiny you have for the purpose of your life in Jesus Christ. And only you can decide to let the Spirit of God fulfill it in and through your life. And maybe you're like Navy against Notre Dame today in college football. They were so far down at halftime. They scored something like 21 points in the second half, and they didn't win. But that tells me a lot about what kind of team makes up Navy football. I saw that score, and I was like, that's impressive. What do you mean, Joy? What I mean is if you feel like you're down by four touchdowns in life and you're 60, well, go out there in the second half and play your heart out. And if you lose, you lose. If you win, you win. But close the gap on the score. Because winning reveals quite a bit about us, but losing reveals everything about us. I never accepted losing until it was over, and then I did accept it. No matter how bad I was losing as a pro surfer, on the highest level of the sport, I never quit. And I tried to close the gap on how badly I was losing. See, it's by the Spirit, and Elijah looked at Elijah and said, I need that power, that dunamis power. And then in the New Testament, we're told that we're given that power. Jesus promised that power for the believer. So everything he wants to do in and through our life, in the purpose of our life, it's his power. It's the word dunamis in the Greek is, of course, the word we get dynamite from. It's explosive. All these firecrackers on the fourth, the third and the fourth of July, they terrorize my dogs, right? And some guy... A couple of years ago during COVID, I swear that guy lit a firecracker every night for the next two months after the 4th of July in defiance to the government or something, man. I walk my dogs, there it goes, here every night, 9 o'clock from over there off by England Street. That's, doing, that's dynamite power, gun power, power. That's the word, the root word, dunamis. That's the power we have to do, to, be, to accomplish what God wants to do in our life. So ask for the double portion and recognize we need the power. The power, the spiritual power that God gives us to do whatever it is we're called to do. And if we've not done it well, then today's a great day to commit to do it well. What do we do in ministry? I've been praying for a lot of people this week for different things. And I thought, what would I tell people who at some point in their life, who are not walking with the Lord right now and have made bad decisions, what would I tell them? I'd tell them today's a new day and his mercies are new every morning. I'd tell them this is the day that the Lord has made. Let's get on with it right now. That's what I would tell them. So if that's what I tell someone who's fighting the Lord or opposed to the Lord, how much more would I tell the body of Christ the same thing? And the man I see in the mirror on Sunday morning. The dunamis power is there the moment we're willing to humble ourselves and seek the Lord and ask for it. Ask what you want. I, I want a double portion of your spirit. And that spirit is the spirit of God. But then he said, upon me. So the first thing I'm pointing out here is that the, the spirit, that spiritual power, the dunamis power from the Lord. But then 
it's like if you look at people you esteem, like for me as a pastor, look at Pastor Chuck Smith or Jeff Johnson at Downey and, and, or Greg Laurie, you know, people like I would really esteem in their ministry and say like, well, Greg Laurie is a really good example. Like whenever Greg teaches, I'm like, how come I can't teach like that? Like maybe if you're an athlete and you're around a really, you're a really good athlete, but then you get like, oh, a better athlete, if that kind of athlete. And you're like, how come, like, I don't know. But Greg Laurie's like, wow, right? Like when, when he speaks, like the most, whether he's talking to the president or to my son at Potola Coffee, he's so clear and articulate and, and personal. It's amazing to me. See, Elijah's like, I'm really impressed by what God's done in your life, Elijah. And there's never been, there's no precedent to it before. And I want that power and I want it upon me. You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our church YouTube channel. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. For more information about Pastor Joey personally, you can follow him on his Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and God bless.